0: happening. Brian Jump, SAI, Million Dollar PBR Podcast. How you been? Got a good one today. Little Foo Fighters leading us in. How you been, man? Having a good week? Having a good post-holiday week? You finally get over the, the holiday doldrums or the all the work running around and the craziness. There were so many accidents and crazy people. Just people spinning in the streets. I saw his Miata almost stack his car up over a center uh, median. Him and his bonehead buddy just going way too fast. So many people running through red lights. It's like, man, why do people lose their minds just because of a freaking date? It's like, just chill out. Where's the wisdom, man? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't like it. Anyway, man, how you been? Everything good? We're uh, pretty crazy town busy. We had a Panamera come in. <clears throat> Check out this guy. This guy buys uh, a Porsche Taycan and he orders it online. And I guess they never even went to the dealer. They did just a, like a remote order and delivery car gets delivered. And the wife says that she's like, honey, His name's Phil, Phil, I don't like the color. Now, they're owners. They've already signed for it. They, they can't get, they have to sell it if they're going to get out of it. So he immediately hits me up and says, Hey, can we wrap it? My wife hates the color. I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe just a drive down to the dealer would have been a would have been a, a good good strategy here. You're buying a hundred and something thousand dollar, you know, EV freaking Porsche. Make sure you like the color. Colors, especially with women. Color's super important. So And yes, I was more than obliged to help this cat get some new color on his on his take on. We're gonna try to get a wrap one, but it I, I it's just such a strange thing. I've never had somebody I mean, I guess I have. People that buy Teslas for some reason seem to get kind of bored with them and they want to constant because they're like rolling golf carts. There's not a lot of, you know, mechanistry. You know, they're not much mechanicals to them. They're not they're – not, it's not a guy's car. I don't know. And I guess I'm being sexist when I say that, but I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't know. They're kind of boring. But, I mean, it's nice not buying gas, right? Are you so bored that you want to spend, you know, $1,000 a month in gas, Brian? No. I say Nay. So anyway, yeah, so that guy came in with the Cayenne and the Ticon, and then we got a, a lady, Wendy, super nice lady. She's got to cut back on the smoking, but if she listens to this podcast, I apologize, Wendy, but man, you really do. You sound like you've already got lung cancer, like like in both your lungs and your liver and everything. I could just hear it, but uh, I pray that you uh, don't get sick, but man, cut back on the the cigarettes, but super sweet lady, cool, uh, you know, very, very cool, just so cool to have customers with her, her disposition. She's just so sweet. When we asked for her number, couldn't get your number to give you a call. She was like, oh wow, somebody's asking for my number. I, I, nobody's asked for my number for years. And she was just joking, but I thought it was just really cool that she would do that. It was just it just shows you where her head space is at. She's just, she's just chill. So love cool customers, Wish we wish they were all that way. And they're not. Um. Okay. So first off, we're going to talk about PPF today. We I was talking about the 12 days of recon and I wasn't able to get to all of them. my apologize through the podcast. We just had so much stuff to do. Um, but I want to t- touch on PPF just a little bit. Um, the tools you need is, is pretty simple unless you're going to actually buy a plotter. You can buy kits, you can hand cut. Um, the plotter is the way to go ultimately because you're not, you know, you can plug the program in and pay for the software. Um, I mean, these things pay thousands of dollars per car. You know, the software program, I think, is under a grand. The plotter is probably five to seven grand. So, yeah, there's a little bit of an in- initial investment. How much is the vinyl cost, you're asking me? Um, 3M or Expel, you know, each application, let's say you're doing a bumper, you're probably 100 bucks in, 75 to 100 bucks. If you're in a full front, you're probably two, 300 bucks. If you're doing a full car, you're four to 500. So, it's roughly about 10% of your your sale cost, which is not bad. I mean, PDR is 100% you know, profit, so this is 90. So it's still a pretty damn good business, but there are cons to it, and we'll talk about it. But anyway, so what do you need? You need the film. You're going to need to get some film. You're going to need a felt, a felt scraper, which is basically like a bondo scraper, but it's got felt wrapped over it so it doesn't scratch. You're going to need some X-Acto knives. You might want to have the pull razor uh, tape that you can lay down this little strip underneath the vinyl and then pull up through it to cut it, which is really cool. So instead of cutting at the paint, you're cutting away from the paint. Yes, I know, high tech shit, man, love it. Um, what else? Uh, that's pretty much it, and then maybe a plotter, right? So so the process is simple. You're gonna have a water bottle, you're gonna have some baby shampoo, maybe a drop or two in a bottle, and that's your float solution. And you clean the shit out of the, the, of the film It'll we'll clean the shit out of the car, so there's no dust or no. And you're doing it indoors. You want to do the shit mobile or outside. People do, and it's insane. If you, if, it's just nuts. You want to have a heat gun too occasionally, but but you can't grab the edge of the film underneath because your fingerprints are going to get on the film. So you either wear gloves or make sure your your fingers are super clean. But I usually recommend you wear gloves because that way you're not going to get your finger oil on the actual film, um, and that's a bad day because if you if you all of a sudden have a fingerprint underneath the corner of the film. It looks like shit. There's no way you're gonna. It's like it's like painting a car, putting clear coat over paint damage. You're not gonna. You're fucked at that point. Have we done that? Yes, we have, and yes, we've learned. So, um, what else? What? So let's talk about a pay. So a front bumper typically is going to pay anywhere between six and eight hundred bucks, and that's often what we pay to paint a bumper. So you're going to protect the bumper. We had a customer. We resprayed his bumper, and he's a livery guy. He, he uses this Yukon as uh, like, like, um, he's a chauffeur for, you know, like pimp clients and a really nice guy. But he came in after driving maybe six, 800 miles. He's like, man, I'm really disappointed about this paint job. I'm like, why? He said, like, cause I got two chips on my front bumper down at the bottom and you guys just painted it. I go, this paint's defective. <coughs> he said that I'm like, uh, Casey, how many miles have you driven? Oh, I don't know. 800. Okay. 800 miles in the LA freeways. You know, you're doing 80 miles an hour. You don't think it's possible. It's going to chip. Yeah, it will, but I I didn't think it was going to happen so quick. Well, you're driving the car. So I said, you don't want the chip. Let's put some film on it. That's the process. We talked to you about this. You probably forgot. Yeah, I did. So those are the kind of guys that need film, as well as many others. A full front or full frontal, as I like to call it, no relation to porn. The bumper, fenders, hood, no lines all the way up to the panel edges, mirrors and headlights, Runs about two to twenty two hundred bucks, depending on the car. SUVs or more. Special cuts add more into it. And that's that's the huge thing. When you got a Tesla where there's hardly any grills, easy. When you got a Lexus or a Hyundai, when there's freaking these jig zigzag, jagged ash ass uh, grills and fog like inlets and all kinds of bullshit, a lot more to cut and squeegee and everything else. So um and the material cost, like I said, is about ten percent. So, so what does it take to be good at PPM? It takes practice, like PDR. It takes patience. And the the, the pros to this business, guys. Are you ready? Buckle up. Here it is. It's a perfect segment to pair with PDR. They're luxury customers. PDR, if you're smart, that's what you target. Okay. What are the cons? Well, look, and the, let's go back to the pros. It, it's highly profitable. Okay. The cons. It generally the customers aren't repeat. They're not gonna get another dent real quick next week, like they do in PDR or, you know, or they're not going to PPF all the family's cars. Although I just literally sold a job for two Supras, $3,500 each. Okay. The G1s or A1, whatever they're called, some special uh, carbon fiber edition, badass cars, by the way. Um, So you're not going to generally get repeat business. So that's not good. Most business, if you're going to sell, you'd rather sell once. Or build once and sell a billion times. So in other words, like software or even PDR where we get multiple re- repeat customers, repeat jobs. You know, Clear Broad just once a time. It's good for 10 years. It sucks. It's too, it's too damn good. So they might refer people, but unless they're in the car industry, you're going to get one job and they're going to have to go out and market and sell again. So that's a con. Okay. So there it is. That's PPF. I'm not going to get into how to tack and pull and stretch and excuse me in squeegee you can watch some YouTube videos or I honestly I recommend you get trained. We do it, there's others that do it. Um but you know wrapping it has a whole culture around it. It it you can do color color change wraps not just PPF it's basically the same thing. If you're gonna do PPF paint protection film you might as well think about doing color changes too. Um, and it's good money. You know an average color change is four, five, six grand and up. You know, if you're gonna do door jams even more. But what you know it's just like I said, it's just tedious, you know, like PDR is not right. And it's more tedious, in, in my opinion, than PDR because once you get good at PDR, it's minutes typically or less than an hour for an average job, you know, whereas wrapping is days if not weeks. It can take time, but you're, you're making pretty good money. So anyway, so let's 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 uh, shift gears. So let's talk about leverage in your business. How can you gain leverage? How can you grow your business and, and get things to really work in your favor? Okay. First of all, you can have leverage through labor. Okay. In other words, you hire people to work for you. And while you're marketing or doing other things you want to do, growing the business, hopefully they're doing all the jobs, making you money. Okay. Another form of leverage is money. Okay. It's capital leverage. So we talked uh, about the podcast the other day about how you can block people out of the online space by basically just owning the ads, but you have to have the capital in order to do that. If you're the cheap PDR guy, What's the chance you're going to be able to afford to buy out the, the first page of the ad? Probably very little, okay? But if you have capital, you can leverage your business. You can do things that others without money cannot do. You can hire more salespeople. You can hire more labor. You can hire more infrastructure. You can go, you know, geographic. You can do so many different things. So there it is. So there's labor and money. What Any, any other forms of leverage you can think of? Okay. Well, here's one more it's more of what we call the democratic form it's basically products with no marginal cost of replication so think of books <coughs> excuse me media like joe rogan uh, movies and codes or or software scripts you know when uh, you know you go see a movie they make the movie one time and every person that goes to see it they, there's no more cost basically they're attributed to that movie or a printed magazine, or except for print, I should say, but an online magazine. Um, code, you know, you're using Gmail, right? Well, Google coded Gmail one time, and now they have a bunch of people using it, and they make money off it. So that's another form uh, of leverage. And then, of course, uh, you know, media is one of the best ones that would tie into what we do, because if you can use media, you can grow your business, and you just make one post, and you could draw multiple customers from that media. Okay, I'll, here. Here's something. There's there a he's almost like the Socrates of our time. There's a guy named Naval, I think his last name is Ravakant. Um, he's probably Indian. And he this dude's brilliant. If you're if you want to geek out on somebody who is just a brain, a thinker of our time, um, there's this unofficial, he went on a rant on Twitter a year or two ago, I think it was, and a couple of people Wrapped into a nice, tight, tidy package online. It's free to go read. It's called the Naval's Almanac. And I'm taking you guys to a geek corner right now. And I apologize for those of you that just don't, don't go that way. Um, but I, I, t- I really like the ideas of, of geeking out and things that can make my business make me smarter and better because I, I don't have it in my mind to do that. So I need to piggyback on others' brilliance. Um, One of the main things that he talks about, and I love to regurgitate is about time. He'll always preach, you're never going to get rich renting out your time. In other words, if you're making X dollars per hour, it ain't going to happen. That's why when people ask for our pricing in the PDR world and recon world, we don't tell them we charge per hour. We charge per job. Therefore, if we could do something in five minutes and it took us a couple years to get good at it, and now we're fast and we do it fast, who gives a shit? The customer usually doesn't care. I've had some customers get frustrated. And any of you guys out there that have been doing PDR for a few years, you, you charge, you know, fair money on a, on a big job, but you knock it out in a very quick, fast time. Sometimes people get frustrated with how quick and they don't realize how many years of sweat and struggle and bleeding it took for you to get to that position, right? So so that's, that's crazy, you know? So anyway, so you don't don't keep working to rent out your time. To get, you're not going to get rich that way. And the forty-hour work week—that's a relic of basically the industrial age, the turn of the century. Okay, knowledge workers function like athletes. So what does that mean? It means you should be thinking—that's what this podcast is about, guys. And and I'm a very low-tier level about this, but I can group myself into this because I'm not talking about making you guys better techs, am I? Nope. I mean, we we talked about PPF, and that's how to—that's not really being a better tech. That's how to grow your business and give you more knowledge. So knowledge workers function like athletes. We compete. You train and then you sprint. And then you rest and you reassess. Okay. Hey, what can I do to be a better better athlete, a better knowledge athlete? And that's what we all should be doing. And that's what this podcast is about. So apply this to your PDR business. Okay. Think about hiring. Think about scaling and diversifying. Example. Okay. And I've talked about this, but I'd love to go back to it. It's it, it's it doesn't get old and it doesn't play out. This shit's always relevant. Year one-two. Okay, do the work yourself. That's fine. Okay. Yes, you're kind of hiring at your time. Year three, four, hire one to two people. You should have enough work by this time where you can do that. Year four or five. Hire more and diversify. At add, add more services. You're scaling now. At year five. Okay, enter into other geographies, different markets, different areas. Okay, Grow. Because maybe you've already tapped. Assuming that you think you've tapped out your area, which most people haven't. But maybe you're not a great marketer and you're like, oh, I've hit all the dealers. Well, there's a lot more business than just the dealers. But if you just want to kind of m- mainly guide yourself to those types of that market segment, that's fine. But just know that there's a shit ton more. Okay, There's a lot of cars on the road. And if you think dealers hold all the cars, you are sadly mistaken. Okay, so after the five year, you should think about selling and then rinsing and repeating. Or use your revenue to enter a new market so you can leverage even better. Or something you just flat out enjoy more. You've made enough money. Now, like my brother, he got got out of PDR for years and bought a Kawasaki motorcycle dealership. He loved motorcycles. That was his passion. He'd he take that box off of his bucket list. Okay, that's what he wanted to do. And I've, I've talked about stories about guys that have bought rental properties and just slowed down, <coughs> excuse me, and just really got into doing what they wanted to do. Because that's what life's about, guys. Life, take it from this 50 year old that's barking at you through this mic right now. Life fucking moves fast. It does. My youngest is 19. I can remember when Gage was nine. Or when he was seven and he had long hair and we were walking through Cheesecake Factory and the guy held the door for him and said, here, here you go, little girl. And he looked up at him like, fuck this. And we had to go cut his hair that night. Time flies. It does. Holy shit. So, and by the way, last thing I'll leave with you guys. It's okay. There's nothing. Don't feel guilty. I felt guilty. That's why I say this. And you, and maybe you don't. But I felt guilty about thinking of PDR as a vehicle. Like, I, like it's something like I'm... I'm uh, betraying myself by thinking with PDR. There's something more to life than PDR. How could you ever think about moving on from PDR, Brian? PDR is life. It's it's the water. It's, it's the water fountain of you, of living. No, it's an opportunity to get you the promised land, whatever your promised land is. So I, I always say, think bigger. Think way bigger. That's the problem. A lot of us, we're, we're, we're raised in our, our public schools and private, and we have these false walls and it just contains our thinking we just and we just don't think about growing where we can do so much more so much crazy. there's people out there and i don't want to use the same cliche names there's people that we don't even know about that are just exploding in their businesses because they weren't they don't confine their thinking to these boxes right these walls so think big think bigger you know i mean that should be like a uh, like a not a cliche, but it should be a call out, like a, like a, a logo or something um, because it, it on this podcast, because it really it, it resonates. If there's anything you're going to listen or think about, you should listen, is don't run out of your time because you're not going to get rich that way. And think a fuck ton bigger. I mean, seriously. If you do, all of a sudden your brain's going to explode and you're gonna be like, oh, man, I could do so much more with this. Why am I not doing X, Y, Z and back to ABC? So anyway, so there it is, guys. I'm going to hop off. Have yourself a fantastic Wednesday. I appreciate you guys tuning in. We will have one more this Friday. I know the holidays are on the corner, but I don't let you guys down. man. I got to keep punching. We got to keep moving. We got to keep raising the bar. We got to keep making better money and be better marketers. So thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Bye-bye for now.